It's on me. I had it off earlier. He said, "We call the meeting of the Liberty County Board of Commissioners to order." Mr. Brown, has the meeting been properly advertised? Yes, sir. I don't see him in here. Okay, he's on his way. All right. Thank you. Um, good to see everyone. We look forward to a productive meeting for the month of uh, February. At this time, we're going to ask uh, Pastor Henry Frazier if he would come and lead us in our prayer and our pledge of allegiance. Please stand for the invocation and the pledge. Father, we thank you again for this time that you granted unto us, time that you carved out from the beginning of time to allow us all to assemble in this one place at this one time. We pray now, God, that you will bless us as we stand in this place, and God, that you will cause everything to come out according to your will and your plan for this county and even for this nation. I pray, oh God, that every decision that being made today being made by grace and by your directions. We honor you in all things because the word has declared in all things we should give thanks. And therefore, we thank you for everything that you're doing, everything that you shall do for this nation and even for this county. Bless our leaders. God, keep them in your care. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. <clears throat> And to the public for which it stands, for one nation, under God, individual, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Before we get started, I know there uh, on your agenda, uh, to, to the audience, rezoning petitions, one that are labeled three and four, the only two that are open for public participation. Rezoning petitions, the one that are numbered three and four, only two that are um, open to public participation should you want to participate. Mr. Brown's there with the clipboard and he'll take your name and uh, allow you to speak when we get to those uh, two items. All right. The others are not, but once again, one that says LCPC, Jeff Rickerson, number three and four are the only items available for pu public participation this evening. All right. Thank you. All right. We need to approve the minutes from January. Yes, sir, Mr. Chairman, I'll for a motion. We approve the minutes from January as presented. Second. Motion and second. We approve the January minutes. And for the discussion, they all be known by show of hands, please. Thank you. Minutes are approved. Moving right along, Mr. Rickerson, to you, sir. Good afternoon, Chairman Lovett, members of the commission. Hello, sir. Uh, the first item that we have on our agenda tonight is uh, petition number 2022-075 LC. Uh, as Chairman stated earlier, you've already had the public hearing for this, but it was tabled at your December meeting, and uh, you asked to be brought, have it brought back tonight. So, if, if you'd like for me to, I can kind of take you back through this, so you can just summarize what where we've been so far, so you can be refreshed on what was being asked for. Uh, this was a petition submitted by Blue Scope Properties LLC on behalf of CMJ Investments to uh, rezone. 154.58 acres of land uh, from A1 Agricultural to I1 Industrial for a warehouse distribution complex to be located on Islands Highway. You can see there the parcel number is 285001. This is just a portion of that very large parcel. And this is the sign that was advertised uh, as per your ordinance and the, um, the ad in the Coastal Courier. 
And this is just a plat of the property, coastal highway here. That's the property as it is now uh, with the out parcel that you see there kind of in between it, uh, between it and the, um, the hooker complex across the street. And of course, here's the aerial vicinity map here just showing the outline of that same property that you just saw the plat for. Uh, this is the hooker property and the, the target property there across the street. And this is the zoning map just showing that this area is currently zoned A1. Uh, you can see there's I-1 over here in Tradeport uh, where the hooker and target complex is. And you also rezone some, some I-1 property out here near the interchange that's exit 76 uh, earlier last year. And this is the flood map. You can see there's no flood, no significant flood zones within this area. And the site map. This is a little bit changed from the last time we presented in, in September. Uh, the, the applicants at, at, at that meeting in September heard the concerns that the citizens had about buffers, and uh, they, uh, they have revised this to show they actually reduced the size of the buildings uh, by a total of about 400,000 square feet. They've scooted them further away from this rear property line. There was a lot of uh, concern expressed from the residents on Dorchester Village Road, so they've scooted these buildings up significantly and move, the, move the, uh, the drainage ponds to the rear. They're actually showing here some, uh, some trees, uh, woodlands that they're, they're gonna allow to remain standing there as well. So uh, that's the only changes that we've, uh, that's here that wasn't here before. And that was in response to some of the concerns that were uh, raised by the citizens during that public hearing. Would you be so kind as to repeat those, sir? Uh, the, uh, the staff had initially recommended a 100-foot buffer from Islands Highway and this map here reflects that the buildings uh, will be set back more than 100 feet. This is the 100-foot buffer line. So this is showing the uh, preserved trees that are already on Islands Highway 100 foot wide. This area over here was, uh, was supposed to be a 50-foot buffer, and there's already an existing berm there. So this, this map reflects that. There's a note on there that says that there's a 50-foot buffer along this side, along these properties here that abut Brigden Road. And then to the rear, there's, there's, there's a note on here that says there's a 100-foot buffer in the rear part that, that's, uh, I guess, uh, facing uh, Dorchester Village Road. Dorchester Village Road is about 1,820 feet. That's about three-tenths of a mile away from this rearmost area of this property here. So uh, that, that pretty much summarizes the changes here. Our zoning analysis, I went through this with you before. I can go through it with you again just briefly. Uh, the property does have reasonable economic value as it's currently zoned. Uh, the proposed use is, in, uh, is consistent with the Fort Stewart uh, joint land use study. Uh, the uh, proposed use does not conform currently to the comprehensive plan um, because it was, when it was zoned or when it was, uh, the comprehensive plan was uh, prepared, this property was, uh, was being zoned and used for agriculture and forestry. Uh, number four, will there be an adverse effect on the value and usability of nearby properties? Our answer there was yes. While part of it is already directly across from the Islands Highway Tradeport Industrial Park, it also surrounds and abut agriculturally zoned properties, which could be mitigated by buffers, and we just discussed the 100-foot buffers that uh, have been proposed here. Number five, is the proposed use suitable in view of nearby uses? And uh, our, our note there is the property is adjacent. It's actually directly across the street from Tradeport East. Number six, will the zoning proposal create an undue burden on transportation, including streets and transit, schools, utilities, and provision of public safety? Our answer is there. Our industrial development of this property will increase traffic. It definitely will. 
and the county will improve Islands Highway beyond this point. And you've had extensive presentations on uh, the improvements that uh, will be made. And you've also, part of the reason why you held this up uh, for uh, this, this period of time was to finalize that development agreement program, which you did do last month. Uh, next item, uh, number seven, uh, will this allow a short-term gain at the expense of our long-term goals? No. Uh, number eight, will this change cause a domino effect and encourage sprawl? Yes, because there may be other properties uh, that would ask to do the same thing. Number nine, are there unique historical sites that might be adversely impacted? We haven't noted any. Number 10, uh, is this parcel in a flood hazard area? You saw the map earlier, it was not in the flood hazard area. Number 11, is it spot zoning and unrelated to the existing pattern of development? The answer is no. And number 12, are there unique conditions to support approval or denial? And our one note there is it is in close proximity to other industrial zones and can be easily accessed off of I-95 due to its proximity. Uh, LCPC recommendation, I think you, well, we presented this at our December meeting. Uh, the LCPC planning commissioners came to a three to three vote with no recommendation. I'd be glad to answer any questions that you have about if this. The, the only um, question I have, answer issue, but was number eight, I think it was number eight. And, and I say that for this reason, if I'm, you or Jerry, correct me if I get off track. When we as a commission created, for lack of a word, that special industrial zone, right. and we said that would be the boundary of the zone. Mm -hmm. So how does that answer the yes to Oh, of course, our, I guess our doing that came after your commissioners met, okay. It did. Because uh, as a commission, we drew the boundaries that it would go no farther than the area we drew. Right. So, well, so this, this area here is within the boundary that you are, that is currently pending. So yeah. this could certainly come back and uh, be proposed for industrial. So that's, you know, that, that's one example <coughs> of where yeah. uh, approving this might might lend itself to approving that because but I guess it can always be proposed. That doesn't mean it's going to pass. That's correct. That's <laughs> correct. Pass that's correct. Yeah. But right. this this is within the area that was on the proposed uh, okay. change to the plan. Okay. Okay. But it won't go any further past. That's it. correct. That's that's what I heard at the previous meeting. That's, that's what we said. Okay. Chairman. Yes, sir. Jeff, don't the uh, <coughs> the last slide the recommendations um, did. With, with the changes, you know, the, the different setbacks and everything, mm -hmm. did this go back um, to the Planning Commission or this is their original vote here? This is their original vote. This oh, has yeah. not been, y'all yeah. did not ask us to send it back to them, so we did not send okay, it back so to it, the Okay, so it didn't have to go back and. It didn't have to go back. They've, okay. they've, they've heard it and, and they, they their recommendation is what it is. It's really a no recommendation. Oh, well, I was just wondering what the, they did make some changes to the, to the site plan and I was just wondering did it. Did it go back before the planning commission? It, it did not. Okay, thank you. Actually, it it enhances what they were requesting. Yeah, these these changes are all concessions. They're 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 givebacks is what they are. Yeah, and once again, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the, when we did our our vote, contingent upon us having the um, fee schedule agreement, development agreement. Right. <coughs> right. Well, Mr. Chairman, part of that. Personally, was a question: Was it going to come out on um, the Dorchester Village Road? And um, of course, Mr. Davis, I guess, was watching or had heard, and he called me and he said, "I can assure you that we're going to keep that to where it's going to stay the way it was historically, and also um, 
I mean, I was, that was my only question yeah. about that. Was it, was it going to come back? He yeah. reached out to me. I didn't reach out to him. So uh, All right. I'm fine with that, too. And it might have been some of the same reasons why the planning group voted 3-3, three, three, but just unsure. Okay. All right. Um, Mr. Brown, now this is not a public hearing, but the petitioner is here, so would it be in order to allow the petitioner to address, or just not? I think I would, I would just recommend the board at the, at consider the, the changes okay. that have been made. All right. All right. All right. Chair. Right. Yes, sir. What about what we was passed out? So, yes, sir. I mean, you had a letter provided to you uh, for consideration. by someone representing some uh, citizens down there. So, uh, and I know y'all are aware of it, but it's, it's there at your, at your diocese, so you can take a look at it. And of course, uh, and as, as, we, as we look ahead, I know that there's uh, special conditions on here uh, with standard conditions also, Ms. Chairman, but any, anything along that corridor would also be uh, susceptible to that additional recommendation for rezoning which uh, Clint can go ahead and pop it up. We read it last time, but it's basically. There, there is that addition to recommendation for the rezoning also that would accompany any kind of special conditions imposed by the Planning Commission, as well as any standard conditions. So we are at the liberty to add any correct of the conditions. Yes, conditions. yes, sir. That'd be okay. correct. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, let's let's do this then, uh, commissioners. We we have this information that was given to us, and we'll, we'll look at it and see how. Um, I think most of it's covered mm -hmm. just at a glance uh, and, and what we already have offered. So, so um, let's, uh, how do I turn that, Kelly? Let's approve it with. Yes, sir, I think if you adopt the special conditions here, that will address the That will do it, okay. Because okay. The, the exact dimensions of the buffer or setback as well as landscaping or other mitigating uh, okay. requirements will okay. be addressed in this additional. Okay, all right. Place. It's covered in the, okay, all right. All right, Chair, entertain a motion then. Chair, <clears throat> I make a motion that we accept this rezoning with the recommended condition that we have forth in front of us to be accepted okay. also. All right, is there a second? second? Motion and a second. We approve the rezoning with the recommended conditions that we have. <clears throat> Before any further discussion, all in favor by show of hands, please. Okay. All right, motion passes. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Ricks. <coughs> Thank you, Mr. Chairman. As you announced at the, I thought every hand went up. I missed one. <coughs> one opposition. I thought I saw that blue suit. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Chairman, as you announced at the beginning of the meeting, uh, item number. 
2023 lc has been postponed 30 days at the request of the applicant. They had some uh, internal issues they wanted to work out, so they needed an, an extra 30 days to try to get that. So uh, we we tend to like to bring that back to you on at your March 7th meeting. March 7th, though. All right. 2023-02 will be heard on March 7th. Okay, our next item is, uh, is a rezoning petition that was submitted by Mr. Samuel Turner, uh, owner, to rezone 1.62 acres of land from R2, two-family residential district, to an R4, which is mobile home and an RV district, to R2A. He wants to, he wants to zone the entire 1.62 acres to R2A, which is a category for single family, two family, and mobile home residential district. Jeff, can I interrupt just a second? I, you need to go to public hearing, please, for this, because you have not heard a public hearing on this. Yeah. All right. You so don't we, mind. Thank you. Jeff, did you go to public hearing for Some a, movement, sir. Second? Second. All in favor, show of hands, please. Mr. Turner acquired this property a few years ago and would like to replace some of the existing single-wide mobile homes on the property. Clint, can you turn Jeff up a, a little bit or okay. don't make him, I know it was vibrating earlier. Okay. Is that better? It's a little better. Okay. Uh, he, he bought this property a few years ago and he'd like to replace some of the single-wide mobile homes on it and the R2 zoning does not allow for that to happen. So uh, he'd like to rezone this property to R2A, which would allow him to replace some of these uh, very, uh, very old and uh, tired mobile homes with, with newer, more modern homes to, to use for rental property. This property is located at 150 South Bypass Road, which is near Mount McIntosh, and you can see the, uh, the parcel number there, 102-037. And that's one of the homes that he'd like to replace there. Uh, this is our sign, our uh, ad in the Coastal Courier, and this is the railroad track, uh, the overpass there at uh, Oglethorpe Highway. This is the property here located here on Bypass Road. There's a mobile home unit there, a, a block structure there, and then a mobile home back here. Zoning is kind of uh, unusual. Uh, you get this, uh, this area of R2 kind of in the middle, uh, wrapped around this area of R4, which is mobile home park and he'd like to just rezone the entire piece of it R2A to allow him to uh, continue to use it as it is but to upgrade those two single wide mobile homes on it. And this is just a survey plat of the property showing what I just told you, a mobile home there, a mobile home there, and a, a block residential structure there. His narrative, uh, he's asking to uh, rezone this property so it can provide a more up-to-date, safer, and nicer place for a family to live. This rezoning would allow me to enhance the aesthetics of my property as well as Liberty County. I like the way that's written. Yeah, short and sweet. Uh, zoning analysis, does the property have reasonable economic value as it's currently zoned? Uh, answer is yes. Does the proposed use conform to the JLS? Yes. Does it conform to the Liberty County Comprehensive Plan? Yes. Will there be an adverse effect on the value and usability of nearby properties? No. Is the proposed use suitable in view of nearby uses? Yes. Uh, it will not have any uh, negative impacts on streets, transit, uh, schools, utilities, et cetera, <coughs> public safety. Uh, would it allow short-term gain in the expenses of our long-term goals? The answer is no. Uh, would it cause a domino effect or encourage sprawl? No. Uh, we haven't identified any unique historical sites that would be adversely impacted. Uh, this parcel is not in a flood hazard area. 
this would not be spot zoning or unrelated to the existing pattern of development. There's, there's similar development all around it. Uh, number, number 12, uh, there, there are not any unique conditions that we've identified to support approval or denial. So Planning Commission heard this at their last meeting in January, and they recommend approval with standard conditions. So uh, I'll be glad to answer any questions that you have, and this is a public hearing. Any yeas or nays? We have not uh, we have not heard any um, any comments one way or the other from the right. petitioner the, here. Yes, sir. I saw him walk in. Yes, I'm here, sir. Oh, okay. Would you come to the Commissioner Stevens? Is this your baby? Commissioner Stevens, this in your this your district? Mm -hmm. Just kind of tell us. We heard him speak, but just give us an overview of what you're doing. Yes, sir. I, uh, I, I'm in the rental name, business. Please. And, uh, oh, yeah, give your name. I'm sorry. Oh, Samuel Turner. Okay. And uh, I, I own rental properties since retiring from the Army. And I try to provide the, my tenants the best <coughs> property that I can give them. And this would allow me to do that. Um, it just kind of opens up the option of being able to, to move an older trailer out and be able to put something nicer newer back in there in its place and that's it's just you know kind of that simple to be honest with you Steven. it's right it's right next door to um, the trailer park that, that's owned by um, Mr. Um, Sasser's Sasser. Sasser. Sasser's park so it's not it's not anything unusual there how many are you planning on replacing this? Just one. Just one right if now. One, one right now. I've, I've already remodeled one on the back of the property when I first bought the property. And it's super nice inside. Still looks like a 1977 mobile home. So it allowing to do something nicer. I could, I could redo this one as well, but I would prefer to just, just do something nicer. <clears throat> more up to code as well you know that wiring and some older stuff is not great ready for motion sir jim i'll make a motion that we rezone this piece of property from r2 to r4 second mr chair motion second to approve the rezoning as presented any further discussion all in favor by show of hands please i'm looking good this time <laughs> any opposition <laughs> got my coattail pulled <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, 2023 -004. Okay, Mr. Chairman, uh, our last request tonight is a conditional use request for, uh, it's been some, uh, submitted by Biddeford uh, Preserve. Um, uh, Mr. Joseph Pittman is the, is the owner of that corporation and he'd like to create a pond through a surface mine or, or a borrow pit as it more commonly referred to uh, this property has frontage on North Coastal Highway <coughs> and Limerick Road, and you can see there the parcel number is 237-032. This is the ad in the Coastal Courier. This is the uh, sign that we put on Limerick Road and the sign that we put on North Coastal Highway. And this is just a picture of the overall property here. Uh, you can see the frontage here on Coastal Highway and then the frontage here on Limerick Road. You might recall this is uh, the site of the former county Landfill, I think that's what it's not. It's next door to that. Next door to yes, this. It's, okay. it's next door on the right okay. side of it. On the, on the right. Anyway, it's in the vicinity of that, that <laughs> down Limerick Road a little further. Um, so this is the zoning map. You can see that uh, 
the property has some uh, two different kinds of zoning. It's got uh, AR1 on the front, A1 in the rear. Uh, borrow pits are allowed and A1 property, and they're they're wanting to put the borrow pit right here on a 24-acre portion of this big overall big piece of property here. As the flood map, you can see there are some floodplains uh, on the property on the adjacent property, uh, but there's not really any floodplains uh, on this this specific area where they're proposing to do the borrow pit. <coughs> and this is a survey plat just showing the overall same boundary that you just saw. And this is the narrative uh, from uh, the applicant's engineer, uh, Mr. Chair Long. Uh, Mr. Pittman's in the process of protecting the property through a conservancy. And um, I'm, I was aware of this. He's, he's, he's filed the paper <coughs> to put this in conservation. As part of protecting his property, he is planning to create a pond or lagoon. The creation of this pond will be created through a surface mine borrow pit. Once complete, this water feature will become an asset to the property. Uh, access to this surface mine will be through a driveway along Highway 8, along Highway 80, 17. I want to say 84, but it's 17. Okay, this is the uh, this is just showing where he wants to do it. This is the overall 24. Uh, approximately 24 acre piece of property where the pond will be and this this hole here itself is about 12 acres of uh, area. Where's 17? To? 17 is out here okay. and Limerick Road is over here. Okay. Uh, Planning Commission heard this at their uh, at their January uh, Planning Commission meeting and they recommend approval with standard conditions. The uh, applicants Engineer is here, and I don't see the applicant. But okay. And this is a public hearing. Public hearing. Uh, we'll hear from the applicant then. Oh, the applicant's engineer. Yes, sir. I'll, I'll answer <coughs> questions for Dr. Pittman. Um, he and I talked about it. He can't be here. Uh, Dr. Pittman, the, the um, optimal. Yes, sir. Uh, my mother loves you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. <coughs> Yes, sir. It's just going to be a standard surface mine. It'll be permitted through the state of Georgia um, through EPD. Uh, all the discharge will go away from the residents on Limerick Road or 17. Uh, Trying to be as good a neighbor as we can. Um, we've got buffers that are 50 foot buffers that are required by the state. Plus, we've gone a little further than the 50 Take foot. Take us buffer. back, Jeff, to that to map with the. I can do that. Right here. Okay. Yep. So the 50-foot buffer is the area you see along the gray. So we've stayed about 50 additional feet out. Now, some operations will take place in there. Not all the trees will be there, but mm -hmm. the, the pond itself will not when it's all said and done. It'll discharge through a sediment basin and then out to the marsh area in the back so all the water goes away. Um, it doesn't overflow into people's yards. Um, we are aware of some drainage issues that are further back in this area right here. Um, we found out Saturday a week and a half ago that there may be an old dike that may have a, a pipe that's collapsed that may be causing some backup of water that is, is more than usual in the residence areas up here. Uh, haven't been able to get back there yet to look at that and see what we can do to get that cleaned out. But this is a, a been a bird pond. It's been a wetland for a really long time. Um, but for the most part, water stayed on his property over the years, if I'm correct. And then it's just the last year or so, it's really started backing out 
and uh, we just haven't been able to get back there to look at what's going on to see if something can resolve. So that's a separate issue from the surface mine, but that is something that is being worked on so that everybody knows that that's not just being swept under the rug. We're trying to make sure we take care of it. How deep is this pit? I think I got this one designed about 25 or 30 feet deep, somewhere like that. So tell you what we usually do is when we design them or we lay them out, we usually lay them out about 30 feet deep. Um, and usually in our area, we'll get to that blue marsh mud that you can't do about 20, 25 feet. So we, we design it to go deeper than what we actually go because when you get to that blue marsh mud, you, you can't go very far and you, you know, obviously your equipment will sink and you can't use it. But we, we permit it deeper so we can get to that layer. Uh, what effect do you see in the future on the homeowners in that area with wells? Shouldn't be any problem. So the, the Kona Depression, yes sir, it shouldn't be. The Kona Depression for this kind of water and the way this runs, um, unless they have like a super shallow well, um, we should not be pulling the water down in their wells. And we're far enough away that we should not be pulling their groundwater down. So, yeah, I can't guarantee it, but I, you know, my, my experience with them, we should be fine. I hear what and you're I've done, saying. I've done a bunch of them, so. I hear what you're saying. You're keeping that word and they shouldn't. Yes. I'm always going to use that should. Uh, I, I, I would be, I'd be uh, remiss if I didn't. And I'll use should and shouldn't all the time. But yes, sir. No, I, I don't. It's my opinion. This should not happen at all. Mr. Chairman. Yes, sir. Hey, Trent. Um, I've gotten a chance to speak with a bunch, well, several of the adjoining landowners. Um, matter of factly, um, I guess I'm one of the adjoining, not adjoining, but I live right in the You're vicinity of this area. Uh, on the question that Commissioner Stevens was asking, uh, the residents feel that we already have an active bar pit within a half a mile of this one. And we also, within a half a mile of this bar pit, we have the dump. Um, that's no longer being used. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of concern about, um, well, the water pressure by according to how far we dig this, <coughs> how deep we dig this one, and we already have an existing bar pit that there will be some effect on their water pressure, whether it's uh, shallow wells or not. Mm -hmm. um, that was one of the big concerns that we've, I've heard even after the meeting we had prior to this. Uh, that was one of the concerns. Um, we don't have nothing I see in the conditional use as far as uh, the traffic, the truck traffic. Yes, sir. It said that we will use Highway 17, but I see nothing that says that is going to be how it's done. So, just so you know on that one, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but it's permitted through the state, and we have to actually post a bond, or the owner has to post a bond that's the way he's going with his uh, access, he won't be allowed to go back 
by the state of Georgia on the 17. On, I mean, on the limited period, he'll have to go to 17. Okay, so that's but and he would be glad to have stipulation that he wouldn't yeah, come to 70. To, he would be glad for a stipulation in the zoning to disallow access on Limerick Road. Mm -hmm. I almost said it wrong, but yes, sir. He'd be he'd be fine with a stipulation added to it not to access all the the surface mine <coughs> off of uh, Limerick Limerick Road. And another question of my concern, um, when we had the meeting, uh, Mr. Pittman made some comments. Um, he said that he wanted to be a good neighbor and et cetera, and we, uh, we take him at his word with that. And some of the things that he's doing does address the issues that we are concerned about. Um, but he said something along the lines that uh, he could have I guess turn the place into a housing development and could have developed houses and not said anything or he could have dug the pond and really <laughs> not go through all of the stipulations that he is. But my understanding is uh, once he dug a whole surface mine bigger than a certain area, acreage, that he did have to have state approval to move forward with a bar pit of this size. So he had made the comments as if he was doing this out of the goodness of his heart. Um, but I'm thinking that that is state mandated after X amount of acres that he, the state had to get involved with their regulations. Yes, sir. Um, that was something that I wanted to address. And uh, also the buffers, um, you know that we have uh, drainage issues in this area already. And uh, the guy that spoke the other night um, is willing to let us access his property so we can go and look how it would, uh, I guess, impede on his property. Uh, would he be willing to work with us to alleviate some of these other drainage problems? Because I think that would um, come across his property where the drainage would go. <coughs> Um, and that he wouldn't impede on anything that we are trying to do to um, improve the conditions that we have currently. Yes, sir. Um, so I would be willing to uh, approve the um, recommendation. I guess, yeah. With, with the special conditions, uh, number one, no traffic on Limerick Road, and if also that the uh, landowners, adjoining landowners experience any adverse effect on their their private wells, water pressure, etc. that uh, once we notify him or whoever is concerned that the construction would halt until those uh, issues are addressed with the landowners if they lose water pressure or any disruption in their water that um, we would solve the problem before we go any farther. Yes. And I would like to see those as special conditions before I would move forward with the. Can we just the, the one with the water well that it would make a special condition that, um, you know, is stopped until it's either resolved or proven that it's not caused by the uh, uh, project, the operations. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That, that way, because, you know, if, if something happens and 
somebody's well has a problem mm -hmm. that's not associated with his, mm -hmm. that that doesn't cause him to stop or he can investigate and then start back. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Am I hearing the word easement? I'm not hearing easement to access his property to diagnose it. Yes. Okay. yes. So I did talk to him about that. And uh, if we do find something in this area, <coughs> in, in this area back here, um, he would be willing to provide an easement for us to do whatever we need to do to fix that. Okay. Uh, we think it's like a 36 inch pipe that might have collapsed or something like that. Because mm -hmm. we'd have to get a, a continuing easement so that we could get back there and maintain it. Obviously, we can't drain the swamp or no. the, the, the wetland there, but we can restore the drainage to what it was before so that it's That was part not. of the county drainage system? That was part of the county's drainage system? No, sir. It's been, we have not historically maintained back there, Yeah. but it is who definitely put, affecting our residents up here. Who put that pipe in then years and years and years and years and years ago? That's a very, very good question. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> so I, I would assume one of the prior owners, owners of the property. Yeah. From my, Mr. Chairman, from my understanding, it was, um, I guess, the prior landowners that had gave access. Um, mm. I don't know if it was a gentleman's agreement but or. More than likely. But um, we have been using the, the present current owner um, has some issues, but Trent and I, we've been working on remedying it, and I think this would help us solve some of those issues also. Yes, sir. Because okay. we have, uh, it's kind of hard to see, well, it's on this piece right here. We've got some issues making sure we get the water back to this area. Oh, it's right here. Getting back there uh, from Lubbock Road to the swamp. But, you know, if we open up some of that water, we just exasperate the problem. So we want to make sure the water can pass through. Trent, what about fencing? Putting up fencing, security, safety he'll, wise. He'll have he will have a fence across the front, okay. so that you can't you know, you can't get in and out. Now, like a fence around the entire property, no, there won't be a fence around the entire property. You know, if you go strolling through the woods and you're 100 feet on somebody else's property, yeah, you may be able to get to his to the area that's under operation, but vehicle traffic off Highway 17, it's actually already got a gate there now with a, a code. Mr. Chairman. Uh, Trent, uh, in uh, reference to what Mr. Jones, um, the stipulation, he said that if, um, if this project impacts um, a neighbor's well, that the, the work would stop until it's proven that that there's no impact from that from that project that, that caused that mm -hmm. and is is there um a, a time limit Let, let's say you know nothing happens today and the project continues and, and you know and he completes the project and then there's um something happens to someone's well two months from now and they try to say that it was because of that project what, what, what happens then? I mean, the project is complete. Then, then that becomes kind of a civil suit between him and the other neighbors. Okay. Um, but then to try to prove that that it was impacted. It caused damage that they okay. would have to be him. So he, I mean, he, he's complete, the, the project is complete, and you know he, he's moved on, 
and six months from now, you know, someone cries so foul. So here's, here's where the danger actually really comes in is during the construction when he's keeping water pumped out of the pond and, you know, mm -hmm. he's got it down low. That's where the danger comes because that's when your groundwater is flowing out and, you know, your groundwater, it'll have like a Kona depression right. where it goes down and dips down to whatever level we're pumping at. Um, once it's finished, it's going to fill back up with water and it will be within three or four feet of the surface, the lowest surface elevation okay. where the outlet is with water all the time. So, the so at that point, the groundwater should, I say should, should. <laughs> it should be back equal and, mm -hmm. you know, there's no cone depression, no pumping, you know. So in other words, full. if it don't happen while he while he's actively working there, if it don't happen then, then it's. Yeah, if it doesn't happen then, it's most likely not his fault. Okay. So, mm -hmm. <clears throat> there may be other issues that are going on, and there's a, a world, you know, you know as well as I do, there's a lot of issues that can happen with water wells. They're usually well, I, pretty I, reliable I, and last yeah. and work a long, long time. Uh, question. Uh, we, we yeah, yeah, I'm good. Right now, I'm, I'm not wearing the county hat on this one. Okay, so you're the engineer for this and the engineer for the county? Yes, sir. Uh, well, Trent, let me ask you something. When he pumps water out of that pit, and he's going to have to pump water out of it to dig, right? Where is it going to go? So. <clears throat> What happens is there are, you do it in different stages. So the final stages, there'll be another sediment basin that's temporary outside the pond. But for the most part, you build a sediment basin in the pond as you're digging it, and you pump into a sediment basin so that the water sits still and the solids fall out of it. And then you have an outlet structure that takes the water from not the very top, not the very bottom, in the middle of the column, to let water discharge, and it will discharge this way toward the uh, low side of the property. Okay, and so that's going to be on your engineering plan, that the outfall pipe? So it if is. Got, if you've got issues with what Commissioner Jones is talking about with flooding, then you're talking about going all the way beside the pond back to the mark, or why couldn't you go into the pond? Why couldn't I understand your question. So, see if I can, I, I don't have one that shows all the contours to, to really help you out a lot, but this is kind of on the side of the hill. You know, it's not the top of the hill. The water is flowing this way. The contours are running kind of laterally like, like an arc like this. So water's flowing this way, this way, this way, this way. So this water won't make it uphill to this pond to take it out. So there's no pond in there now, are there? No, there's no pond so, there now. So and it's higher it than... On that end, you could dig it deeper on that end and make that away. If there's an issue out here with drainage, we could put it into that pond. You could. Well, I mean, that's the only only thing you can do because you're going to be pumping water out of that into the marsh and then if we've got an issue 
we're going to let it go up through the middle there in that gray area into the marsh to where you said that the pipe was crushed. I mean, the yeah. pipe's crushed, but what was it draining? So, was it draining from from the right hand side back towards 17? Yes, sir. It, it was. This water is flowing from this side of Limerick Road. It crosses under Limerick Road just beyond uh, Commissioner Maxey's house, and it comes through a small ditch, and it gets into this area right here that's a wetted area. There's like an old dike or something that kind of came across that end. Correct me if I'm wrong. And there was a 36-inch pipe under that old dike, and then it used to discharge into the marsh here. Now, this area is lower than the area of this pond. And when we're finished, the water surface elevation in here is going to be at a point where it's set up to, to manage and maintain the integrity of this area and it's gonna to discharge to the marsh down here, separate from this charge, this discharge point here. So, you know, what needs to happen is this needs to get fixed before this is deep enough to take care of any of that water. So who's going to fix that in there, the county, or is the contractor digging out the pond? I mean, if something's well, going to be fixed by us, so, then so, halfway working now, you say, Commissioner Jones? Not even halfway. Yeah, it's not. So they're, they're two separate issues. So you got the lagoon is an issue and it's going a certain way and then you've got this issue of uh, this drainage is coming under Limerick Road. So, you know, we're looking at what we need to do to figure out how to fix that drainage. Trent, <clears throat> you said back over there coming across uh, <clears throat> Coming across the road, what size of pipe is that? One that's just draining. past Maxie's house? Yeah. What's, what size of pipe is that? 18? It's 24 inch. 18 or 24? 18, I think it's 24. I don't know. Okay. My photographic memory stays with me. I can see it, but I can't measure it in my mind. I won't hold you to that. All right. But it's not bigger than 24. Wasn't that Mr. Haymans that built the bar that back? <clears throat> he was the original. I just wonder what, what a pipe would be doing in there. Um, I think the agreement that the county had with them was to use his easement to, I guess, allow all of the rainwater and et cetera mm -hmm. to, uh, I guess, go across his property back out toward the wetlands. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, this was uh, what, 25, 30 plus years, I think that the county may have had the agreement with the original landowners. I'm told that I think Ms. Ms. Alderfeen Jackson Brown, I think you missed it when I announced for people to sign up to speak. I think you may have missed that. But your commission tells me you may want to make some comments. Let's let's press up Mr. Thank you. We didn't have anybody else, did Mr. Brown? No, sir. Okay. I wasn't going to. Uh, 
Oh, you don't have to. Well, well, fine. I'm not. Listen, listen. Okay, that's fine. I was just trying to respect your presence, and he told me. And the others were, so I was going. I was comfortable okay. not saying anything. And that's fine. That's I was fine. wondering if, um, in terms of the runoff, what is running off besides water? Were there are there any minerals? or any kind, anything else that we need to know about that's running off in the water that will affect the drainage of the water that will impact people's lives or the environment. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, that's an excellent question. So that's one of the reasons we have the sediment basins and the state requires that you do these sediment basins. So it's not just, <coughs> hey, Trent's saying do this and you let that water settle so that when it does leave, it's leaving in a relatively clean state. Now, as far as if we run across any minerals like heavy metals or anything that's uh, regulated or uh, anything like that, we have to have it. The water has to be sampled four times a year, once a quarter. So they sample it, they check for the total suspended solids, and they just kind of look what's in the water to make sure they're not doing any kind of uh, running across any kind of problems or. You know, you wouldn't want any uranium or anything like that and have radioactive water going out there. That's not anything around here, but you, you check that quarterly and you make the report. And if you do run into something like that, then you do have to stop by state regulations. So we don't have to worry about uh, no, titanium oxide and all of that? No, ma'am. Okay. No, ma'am. I'll be very surprised we found that here, but oh, well. that'd be great. I mean, you know. What <laughs> what, what a, I'm curious now, where would a private citizen view those kind of reports? Thank you, Mr. Um, they get submitted to the state. Yeah. And they are published on the, uh, they'll have an industrial NPDES permit that goes with this. Mm -hmm. And just like all of our NPDES projects we have uh, for our roadways and things like that, there are reports that get posted on that. And so that's where you, you go get them. I'll be honest with you, it's very convoluted to have to go get it, and it's hard to find it sometimes yeah. unless you know what you're looking for. Yeah. So, but well, we'll, are, we'll be glad. That we, we usually have copies of them. But so. they are gatekeepers, okay? They are the gatekeeper. Okay. The state is gatekeeper. All right. Okay. All right. Commissioner Jones. Yes, I think um, all the concerns that uh, my residents had um been satisfied and i guess everything that i've um, was concerned about has been satisfied also um, i'd like to move forward and make a motion that we grant the conditional use um, as requested by mr pittman and as recommended by the lcpc with special conditions that we discussed and those were the uh, entering only from Highway 17 and with the ability to have easement if necessary to, mm -hmm. to uh, do any follow up any, any any drainage issues. That's not pretty words, but that's it. Yeah. And, and the construction stop if right. problems occur yeah. during the construction okay. phase right. until right. such time as they okay. are solved or proven it. not to be associated okay. with construction. So there's three, correct? Yes. Three separate ones, all right. Okay. Second. Thank you, second. Further discussion? Okay. All in favor, show of hands, please. All right. Further Thank discussion? You. Thank you, sir. 
Already. <clears throat> Recreation. Raymond Gross. Chair, uh, motion to second. <laughs> Come out of public hearing. Second. second. Somebody. <laughs> Anybody. Okay, all Thank in favor. Right. Back in regular session. Good afternoon. Hello, sir. Chairman Lovett. How are Excuse you? Excuse me. I am here to answer any questions that you all may have on the new fee schedule that the Liberty County Recreation Board voted upon and approved unanimously. Uh, we have had some changes in those fees. You should have them in front of you. Uh, if you have any questions, I will be glad to answer them for you. Okay. Uh, I do. Mr. Chim. Yes, sir. <coughs> Mr. Gross. Sir. How did y'all come about with these changes? The and fees. And what has been done to some of these, all of these parks to preserve <coughs> some of these fee changes? Well, we're basically trying to uh, maximize the rental fees for the parks, um, get them up to current market. Uh, as you can see, when you look at the Stafford Park Pavilion, it is an enclosed area that we rent out for $120 a day, a full day. That's 12 hours. Uh, there's probably, we're probably the only place in America that, that rents a full enclosed air conditioned and heated facility for $120 for a full day. Uh, we even charge $70, $50 per hour at the Liberty County Community Complex, which depending on how much you rent it out and how many hours you rent that facility out, you will surpass the amount of money that we are charging at the, at the uh, Stafford Park Pavilion. So to <coughs> Stafford Park, <coughs> it mm -hmm. was 120. Mm -hmm. The deposit was 120. Mm -hmm. Now you all are proposing it to take it to $400 mm -hmm. plus $200. The deposit is oh. half of, the, we made the deposit half of the, the, the fee. Now, this is what the reg board had agreed to. It's been approved by them, and then we're asking for your permission to approve the fees. We can adjust them if you all deem it necessary. <clears throat> Should this something have been going on along and along instead of hitting everybody so hard all of a sudden? Say that again. Should this, uh, this fees mm -hmm. should have been something that we should have been looking at graduating well, scale the last, the instead last, of now we're just slapping everybody with. Well, the last time that fees were adjusted was 2020. That was before I got here. Mm -hmm. okay. So we, 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 adjusted, we adjusted in 2020 and we came to now with the, the fees that uh, we're, we're proposing. We go to the outline pavilion mm -hmm. from $60 a day to $320 yes, plus $160. So, I mean, my, my question is, like Homestown Park, Bride Bay Park, uh, Jones Park, Gum Branch, mm -hmm. I mean, people are going to be looking, okay, what have been done to these parks to just improve the price like that, the well, rental costs? Those are the current uh, CIPs that I have in, that I have uh, listed and turned in for for renovating those parks and doing more to them, providing wrought iron fencing around them, doing the updates that we need to in order to get that done. Uh, these parks are, are are quite often used, 
So we have to go in and, and take care of them. Every time they're used, we have to send somebody out to clean them. The public does do a good job of it most of the time, but other times they don't. Then we have the issues of vandalism that occur at these parks that we have to replace bathrooms. We've had several, multiple instances of, of vandalism in several of the parks this year. We've had bathrooms completely destroyed. We've had windows busted out of the pool. We've had all types of things that are going on. So these are the things that we have to deal with as well. But also within the cleaning of the parks, mm -hmm. that should be within your staff, which and they are already on the payroll. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. Now we, we Stafford Park is the main one that we rent out. Um, we've rented that over 200 times this year. We've cleaned the facilities out a minimum of three times a week. We have a, a three uh, in our cleaning crew that go out to those parks each day, well, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And if they have a situation where somebody is renting on Saturday and it no longer, it didn't get cleaned by the, the previous group, then we have to send somebody out there Saturday to clean it. Chair, uh, so 20, 2020 was the last time that these uh, prices were adjusted. Right. So in 2020, it was, uh, I guess, deemed necessary to, to push them up to 120. I think it went from, I think, from 50 to 60. If you look at the, if you look at the, uh, the oh, half day from cost, half days? Yeah, the half okay. days, it went from 50 to 60. Like I said, that was done before I got here. And these were the recommendations that we came up with in the board meeting for the prices of the uh, pavilion rentals and that type of thing. Okay, and, and the, these numbers were uh, brought up from what, uh, competing counties? or Competing counties, basically market price. Right. Um, we're unique. Liberty County is very unique in the number of pavilions that we provide. And... Most counties don't have the numbers that we do. They don't have the maintenance. They don't have the, 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 the cleaning. They don't right. have the cost of getting to the parks. They don't have any of that. Most of them don't have as many as we have. We, our best is, is Stafford Park because it is enclosed. Right. Like and I said, there was 200 rentals last year. We have 59 on the books already for this year. And, and see, and, and that's one of my concerns. You mm -hmm. know, uh, trust me, I, I get it that... Uh, you know, we, we, we probably do need to look at some type of increase. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I also, I don't want to see a decrease in, in the amount of our citizens being able to uh, afford to, to use these facilities. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we, we are a government uh, entity, and we are here to provide a particular service for our, our constituents. And, I mean... $400 a day. 12 hours. I, trust me, I get it. I, 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 I get it. But, you know, I, my, my other fellow commissioners probably could afford that, but I, I don't, you know, I, I think that's just a little bit too, a little bit kind of steep. As I stated, these are proposed. Oh, yeah, right, right. So so I, I would love or uh, our liaison would, would direct to just, just to kind of, analyze these numbers, not just about from the portion of, hey, uh, we do need to increase. Trust me, I get it. Inflationary period, I understand. 
But I mean, to to throw on from from 120 to 400, that, that's in my opinion. I, I think that's a little bit kind of steep. And then uh, and and I get it. Even from the gym for you know special events, you're going from fifty dollars an hour to two hundred dollars an hour. Uh, that's for the whole gym. Okay. That's for that was that's for the whole entire gym. That's too bad. If we rent out Schumann Center, Recreation Center, mm -hmm. that's for both courts, the whole entire gym. Okay. So okay, I'm I'm, I'm following you. So half a gym is. So we we just talking about particular about Schumann, correct? Right. right now. Correct. All right. So how about if if someone just wants to rent out one of the uh, side rooms? Is is there a fee for that? That's multi-purpose room. Is right there on the uh, top of that. Okay. When we usually rent out the multi-purpose room, we usually give the first two hours away. Okay. So most people who come in there only take the first if, two hours if, and if, they if get they, out. If they're only there for two hours, they out. I, I feel you, man. Man. So that's why we propose the, the flat rate of $25 an hour. Okay. If you look at the gymnasium special events, the whole gymnasium was, was initially $50 an hour. So you could come into the Schumann Center and rent the gym out for fifty dollars. The whole gymnasium. And is is that including? Because uh, I know we have to have a, a staff member there as well, correct? That does not include staffing. So we, so the fifty dollars that that we get pays for the staff, the lights, and it it doesn't pay for the staff, I, the lights. I, I understand. That's that's right. why they increase. It doesn't pay for the staff, right. the right. lights. Because whenever we have an event, we want somebody from our staff there to supervise the event, right. to make sure nothing goes awry. And then we have to pay the police officers as well. If, they have to, if we're having a major event, we're going to have to have police officers there. That's $45 an hour. Mm. So the $50 that we're charging, the fees that we're charging are not covering our costs at all. Right, not even close. Not even. I, I, I get it. Right. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. If you play baseball or soccer or something like that. Right now, if for the sport of baseball, we charge $30 fee. The baseball, we give them the hat, the jersey, the pants, and socks. And the cost of that for us at a discounted rate through a dealership or a, a supplier that we have is $29.90. Mm -hmm. They get to keep and, the pants. Mm -hmm. The pants belong to them. I mean, yes. they buy. They buy. They buy. The they whole buy uniform. If they don't have them, they buy it. They buy the uniform. Yeah. Okay. Um, basically, and everything has gone up. I'll give you an example of that. And some of the supplies that we have, um, based along with outside of outside of sports, chlorine has went from uh, uh, six uh, fifty-five gallon uh, co uh, container of. Chlorine went from 100 to 175 dollars, and we use six to eight of those a week. Um, fertilizer went 10 dollars up from 16 to 26 dollars. Um, Roundup weed killer that we use to, to take care of the facilities and around the facilities went from 49 dollars to 179, 179 dollars. 
So everything that we're buying, everything that we're using is going up significantly. A baseball cap that costs you. Accept your budget. <laughs> a baseball cap that costs you $25, now it's costing you $35. So, Mr. Chairman, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Connor. Mm -hmm. Ms. Grossman, I was just going to ask, do you have um, very many people that rent it for the full 12 hours? No, and that's, that's the thing. That's, a, that's an exceptional thing. Most people do the half day. I would, I would Most people so. do the half day. And we changed that from one they being would. seven hours mm -hmm. to one and one being nine hours to both being eight hours. So the, the, rental, the rental times go from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. and then from 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. Okay, yeah, I would think most people could get what most they people needed done, don't, yes, done yes, within those hours yes, rather than go there and stay. The majority of people of who rent the pavilions rent it for half-day situations. Usually they're organizations that will, right. big organizations that have a budget for it that rent it full-time, full Okay. the and full 12 hours. The other question, I know I'm still on the first page here, was mm -hmm. the, um, the pavilions like Stafford, do you have like a, a limit as to how many people could attend a function? It depends. Usually, I think in, in Stafford, it's anywhere from uh, 50 to 100, 150 yeah, in Stafford, possibly. Well, I'd have to check and get the... It, well, I was just thinking, you know, um, I, I kind of did the math here. That's that like $50 one, an hour. If you got 100 people in there, they're getting by real cheap. Absolutely. I would want all those at my house. Absolutely. So I, I would, um, <laughs> but anyway, I, um, that, that's kind of what I was getting at. And the fact that you don't have to uh, rent it out for the 12 hours. Where the price point differentiates tremendously is okay. in the full 12-hour cycle. If you look at the half day at at at, uh, at Stafford, it's one is a plus 140. It went from $60 a day for a half day yeah, to $200 a day okay. a half day. Okay. Okay. What and about the rice bread? Yeah, I the, was going to ask The Riceboro Gymnasium? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> what was the question? The same thing applies for the gym at Riceboro? We were going to propose that, that those happen. It's not, we don't charge anything right now at the Riceboro Gym. I mean, um, what I'm getting at, you got we don't have people to use around that. that goes down there and play basketball. Right. So are they going to be charged just to go in there and... No, 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 no. It's for organized. No, no. These are, these are non-affiliated private entities for the most part. People, people use our facility. We have open court every day at Schumann Center or every, every so often at Schumann Center when we on nights that we don't have events going on. We have open, open, open gym. On Thursday nights outside of volleyball season, we have open volleyball on certain nights. We're not charging people that are affiliated with the recreation department that are doing those type things. These are private, the pavilions are usually private entities or families that come and rent the, the mm -hmm. gymnasium or the, or the uh, pavilions for that. Yes, Mr. Chairman, I'll go back to my question here now. Um, the uh, facilities that you're renting here, which page? Uh, Third page? Batten cages and that type of thing? Yeah, yes, ma'am. I'm back there now. Mm -hmm. um, so is this more for maybe, I know we got a lot of traveling teams yes, in the county. So are they paying anything right now? To Absolutely nothing. They, so those, now, some of those, those organizations those are, are not paying. But the, so you have like a timing issue. We may not have an issue, but you've got to schedule kind of your scheduling of 
the recreation department children, and then you've got these private or organizations or traveling teams that want to come in and schedule them in. And so right now they're not paying anything. Right now they're not paying anything. And what are those profit? Are those for profit? They do I, not. I don't know. I most don't have no most right travel. Now. I, I, I'll give you an example. We have a we have an individual group that was charging their their their, their, their participants eleven hundred dollars per kid. Eleven hundred dollars per kid and forty dollars a month to participate on the travel ball team. It is not run through the Liberty County Recreation Department, but they use our facilities and want to monopolize our facilities all the time. Okay. So we sat down with them and we told them you can practice and use the facilities twice a week. We agreed to that. They came in. They said they would agree to it. They left, walked out the door. One of them came back in and said, well, he's going to rent it on Mondays and Wednesdays and I'm going to rent it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's the same organization. Hmm. So they try to find ways around it to monopolize the actual facilities. Now, if we allow the travel ball teams to come in and be in there all the time, That's right. then the normal public, the regular public, don't have time to get in to the batting cages. Now, this is one of the biggest problems that recreation departments are having across the country right now. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, travel. Some, tra some, so. some, some, tra some comp uh, recreation departments charge up to $60 an hour for a batting cage. We, we're not charging that much. Uh, some don't even allow it. We have some, uh, matter of fact, Pooler, when, well, Pooler shuts their fields down on Wednesday nights and they can't even use the field, soccer or anybody else. Wayne, soccer season is over. Play on the. We, we have another $50,000. Is that added to it, uh, to the recreation budget? Well, it's added to the general, you know, a couple years ago we brought them under the general fund. They had their own separate fund. We brought them under the general fund. Okay. So now the general fund reflects the total expenses paid out and, and also reflects in. So the fees don't have to be given general fund to run. Last year, you made a million dollars. So I don't think that difference. Stephen, public is all team rating one through his episode. In some cases, uh, those are not Liberty County folks that but, are on those teams. And, and I guess the, um, the the private, the ones that's that's not affiliated with the recreation department, you know, the, the teams that the <coughs> recreation department put together, uh, they have first priority on, on the facilities. That's correct. Okay. Yes, sir. And um, and we set these fees for the, I guess the the outside the the, the private. And if um, if we had a if all our teams w were using it, then um, th there's really no 
no room for the private. I mean, because I, I know that the private team, he, he wants to go down there on Wednesdays from 6 to 8. But if Raymond has scheduled the Giants to use the batting cage from 6 to 8, then that private team, he just, he just can't use it. He can't use it. I think it's a three-way balance. It's, it's the private team. It's the rec teams. And it is and exactly public. what Commissioner Steve right. just want to use it. First two dollars accommodate rules. I'm not saying that that we but um that much and look taking a deeper would probably need to do in uh, the proposal we need to it's something that we um there uh, uh, you know then we'll agree to the analysis
from the governor's office as a result of school safety. So they have agreed to um, kick off this current MOU, which states that they will fund it and the sheriff department will monitor, manage and monitor it. Um, at this point, we have promoted a lieutenant and a sergeant to manage it. But what we, the first phase of this goes from now until June of this year, and then, which is the end of the school year. And what will happen, we will have an, an officer in each high school and one in each middle school and also Midway Elementary. And um, is that Liberty Elementary? Yeah, Midway Middle and, Liber and Liberty Elementary. So we will keep officers there at this time. But after the new year, we will resubmit the newest budget where we will bring it up, where we have two officers in each high school and one in each middle and one in each elementary school. And again, <coughs> that will be supervised by the Sheriff's Department. We are to make sure that those officers are trained um, specifically, and we will make sure we pick the right people to put in our school system because that's our biggest and best commodity in this county is our kids. Mm -hmm. And so we don't want to just stick anyone in there just because they wear a badge and gun. We want to vet and put the right people in the school system. And Dr. Perry and his staff and I have been, have been working closely together to make sure we put this together so it'll be a model program and something that Liberty County will be proud of. And I respectfully ask our commissioners that you all you know, uh, approve the MOU and um, allow it to go forward so we can uh, really begin to protect our um, kids. Um, each officer will be uh, trained through the CHAMPS program. We're going to make sure our officers not just there walking around all day looking. The whole purpose of the officer in the school is to build relationships with these kids because a lot of times we can find out if they're being abused at home, if they're... Um, you know, so many things that go on that they just need someone to talk to. And so, but we're there to make sure they're safe and that someone that they can always go to. But a lot of times it will help alleviate other problems within the school just by, because they trust that officer that's there. We won't send that officer that we consider quote unquote lazy. We'll punish him by sending him to the school. That's the wrong thing to do. Over my years, I've seen that. And that's, that's not the thing to do. You want your best officers in those schools because that's our kids that we're talking about. I would gladly ask, answer any questions from there. Mr. Chair. Right. And um, the midway, what we've agreed up until June is the continue to fund the mid. Liberty Elementary position that we currently, through our budget, the Sheriff's Department budget, and um, that will continue up until the new contract, then we plan to bring them all under the um, school board budget. So. so what will be the total amount of uh, SROs uh, beginning July? We're looking at two supervisors and then 15, a total of 17 um, personnel for that um, operation. And all of this will be funded by the BO, BOE? The Board of Education, yes, that's correct. What we would do is, and, and this is what I understood happened in the past, 
So if we make a purchase like uniforms, whatever, we will pay it, then immediately send them the um, bill and they will refund the county and that. And um, I've spoken with Mr. Mosley and different ones on how the proper process as I say, as I learn, I'm learning. That <laughs> you got several. They don't stay on the phone with these guys, and I'll, I'll be doing pretty good. So, Chairman, I, I, I think. Right, ahead. just real quick. So, uh, uh, Chief, just a quick question. So, you said a, a total of uh, 17 personnel. Yes, sir. So, is is that uh, expansion? So, are, are we just looking at uh, the particular schools that's in in the county, or we're talking about across all the board? schools? All, all schools, schools in Liberty County will have an officer under this program. So HPD won't be over. No, sir. Um, and that's something we're discussing with the chief now. If they're going to leave their guy within this system, or if they're going to bring him back, but we feel it wor works better when everybody's under one umbrella, mm -hmm. because he would only be what I say, have the authority just for that one school where the county officers can move about, they can work part-time, say like when the bus, like if a team travel, our officers can travel with them. Makes it a little harder for right, right, the, right. the other officers. Dealing with, yeah, so, I, I just know but it, it works. It was some good. The continuity of being under one umbrella right. tend to work. But we were working with Chief Slater over there to make sure that we we jail this thing and transition right absolutely and, and mr brown i guess quick question so is is there any difference in verbiage on, on this this particular mou compared to previous ones so mr davis is uh is reviewing that mou now it's not one that he drafted so i sent it over to him and he's doing the final review on it okay so the school board drafted this one yes sir okay yeah uh, mr chairman um yes, sir. Chief or, or, or Joey, this, so this this agreement is already in place since the 17th of January. Well, it wouldn't be in place until uh, under under law. You guys have to actually, and ladies have to approve a contract with the Board of Education for any service. Um, sheriff sheriffs of counties aren't able to really do a legal binding contract, so that's why it's here. Okay, and Chief Haken, you said uh, all schools. Does that include the the pre K center? Um, to my and. The one right over in Midway. I'm in Riceboro. The one right there. The one right there by the board office. Next to the school the, board office. That's the pre-K center, right? Mm -hmm. and, and what about the? I'm not familiar sure. with those because, like in Riceboro, those are federally funded. So yeah, what? Well, Riceboro uh, Head Start. That's that's no, not. That's weird. the one I was thinking they, about. They yeah. Oh no, but, the one. But by the, I'm by the, the board of education. I'm not sure that. And that's one I will talk to um, Dr. Perry to make sure of, but. It's not, haven't been mentioned at, up to but this point. Th of that is one. affiliated, Mr. Chairman, through the school board, it right? Is, yeah. It is school board. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, alternative? Is, matter of fact, is there still alternative? Yeah, uh, right, the old Bacon primary, Hor uh, Horizons. That's, right. that's now, the Horizon system. will be, right, right that, that's privately contracted. Okay. And um, I think it will be brought under this contract as well. We talked about that. What, what's privately contracted? Horizons, the school, that they're that, not school? The um, the the officer, the I officer. think, the, the okay. security of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, now th these 17 officers, and it uh, looks like that we just, uh, or somebody just hired some more if they're going to take over the the pre-K center, you, you know. But um, 
Are they going to be school board employees or Liberty County Sheriff's Department employees? They'll be Liberty County Sheriff's Department employees. That's paid for by the school Liberty board. County Board of Education. That's correct. And that 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 um that the benefits, the retirement, and everything would be part of that fee from the school board. That 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 person would be um whatever the retirement is, the benefits, the health insurance, the vacation, everything would correct. be paid for by the. By it's, the school board. It's cal calculated in their salary and everything through school board's budget. Okay. How do you measure that, Chief? Sir? How do you measure what a county employee deputy and the school board, what if their school board says, well, we're going you know, to pay them $2.50 more hours, let's just say. I mean, do you, you have to select those deputies? Or on a merit situation, or they'll be tested, or how will that happen? They're, they're under the Sheriff Department pay scale. pay scale and guidelines, and that's what we submitted to them in the budget. Like a starting officer is like 21, I forget the exact penny, but that's what they will start at, and that's what we turned into them budget wise. Their Social Security and the, and the benefits package is all in that, and it's standard to what. The sheriff's department currently. The, the deputies, when they work there, are they 16 or 12 hour days? They're 12. So when this SRO officer and, and his partner at Liberty, they say, okay, we've got to load up, we've got to go to Savannah for a ball game. You, he'll be at time and a half? No, that will be up to the supervisor to manage those hours. hours. Those, um, their time, they may come in later because they're going out of town. But if they do, they will work at the standard overtime rate. But um, that's what those supervisors for to manage that. When they know a game is coming up, they'll take on, maybe have an off day, officer off for a day. Or And what we have to do a lot of time, we'll end up having to fill in some slots with de current deputies while, say, if someone gets sick, until we can get to the point of maybe having a floater. And that's also, that's what a supervisor would do, is float and fill in. If someone calls in and say, I'm sick, you know, no problem. But we will always keep an officer at that school, at every school. And, and that supervisor would be um, funded by the school board as well? Everybody's under the school board. It's pretty much what they did is, it's almost like, Starting a separate police department. Right. Yeah, that's just what it's like. Everything is okay. operated from their budget. As far as their new new vehicles will come, new equipment, everything will come from that budget provided by Dr. Perry. Vehicles, and the everything. Yes, sir. And what about uh, that six weeks? It used to be three months when I was in school, but six weeks when school is out during the summer. That's when we would do most of our training. So they'll still be. The, they'll still be. They'll still work during the summer. Right. But they. I mean, they won't be. Um, going home, providing taking security it for the students, but they'll still be employed by the school board doing yes, some sir. other stuff, school board related, I guess. Cause right. Okay. There's still plenty of stuff during the summer, mainly to keep from taking officers out of the school. That's when we'll go to like the firing range, the, the mandatory governor initiative training, and those are type things we'll do during the summer. So we keep them in school 
in the school during the school year. Can you um, let them cut some grass if, if uh, during the summer? I, I can't have the folks doing that one now. <laughs> but we'll make sure that they're serving, because there's still a lot of events that go on with the school system during the summer as well. So, so now, and, and you said something about traveling with the, with the ball teams. What, yes, sir. Um, that, that security force, those deputies that's affiliated being paid by the school board, they will be the ones that's traveling out of town with the teams? Yes, Some, some of them? Because they'll be sworn deputies. And, and what, what about the, the crossing guards? Like right now, I think the, the, um, the school board pays for the crossing guards after the, after the ball games. All of that would... Um, right. All that, anything relating to security the of the school will come under that budget, and we're looking at moving the school crossing guard into that unit as well. Mm. But, so. but let, let's say um, a, a game, a football game tonight, Bradwater and Liberty down at Donnell Wood Stadium, and you have uh, officers there providing security. That's paid yes, for by school the school board, board as, as well. Yes, and, and, but that wouldn't be necessarily the school board um, staff. That wouldn't be them. That would be the regular deputies that would be there supplementing uh, the security of a game or, or it would be the same officers that, that work for the school. Oh, if yes, you work sorry. for the school, you do, it'll be the whole hall. You do the games, the crossing guard, right. and the security of the school if you're on that, if you're being funded by the school board. That's it correct. It wouldn't be um, Corporal Johnson, who's a patrolman right. by day, going over there at night um, for a game. Even if we use an officer from patrol, they're still paid by the school board for when they work those games. Oh, okay. That's off-duty okay. employment for them. Okay. Okay, that's all I have. Yes, all right. It actually, um, it comes back. It only runs through June of 23. So you'll, you'll come back and renew be looking at another agreement before then. I'm talking about Kelly. What, he get oh, I would think sometime this coming week. <laughs> this coming week. I mean, my recommendation is it, Kelly talked to me before. This, it wouldn't be substantially different than any language here. If you could That's just approve it tonight, subject to those changes <laughs> of the county attorney review, that'd be great. Chair, take that motion. Take that motion that we approve it based on the changes proposed. Second. 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 For discussion. All in favor, show your hands, please. I am so glad to see this yes. come to fruition. Well, you've been you've been tutored well. The lead on on the school system. You've been tutored well. Well, well, I appreciate you guys and um, thank Chief, you, Chief. If you yes, would, sir. if if you're checking to see what they're going to do at the at the pre-K center, because you you know people think about. Uh, high school, you know, violence at high schools, but I, I, I think about the, um, the young, the young boy who can't get in to see his, um, his child because of some drama Domestic he may be having issue, with, yes. yeah. yeah, and then, so he gonna go to the school and he Thank gonna you. force yeah. his way in. I mean, so that's that's violence, not by little Johnny and, and Jimmy, you know, who's in in their coloring, the grown ups that go there to create havoc. I mean, so you, you need just as much security over there for that kind of stuff than, than you do at, at and, and that's a great point. And what is I'm learning where all these, I'm, like with the um, Career Academy out there, I knew about it because of Walthyreville, and we talked about security out there, but it was something that, you know, of the um, alternative school that I learned later 
that exists. So as I'm learning, but that's a good question. I'll be on that first thing in the morning. Okay. I promise right. you. Okay. Your, your comment there you made about the school there in Commissioner Stevens' district, um, that's a federal, but I mean, there's probably citizens from Liberty County there, right? That's correct. All of them. Really well, most of them. That's the furthest school from any place. Right. Very I aware. Mean, there's nobody out there. Well, there's they have. We visited that school, and they, they have a very secure locking system right. and an emergency. They have a great emergency plan for one. And of course, when our deputies are out that way, they're told to make sure they check in. But that's one of those situations that we can't just walk in because. Mm -hmm. Is federally funded. It, it it separates it from from our school system. But we always thinking about them, and I want to thank Chairman Stevens for really getting us out there and really understanding how that place operates. And that was one of my first questions. I went to seeing how the doors are locked and how they go about if an incident occur and our response. You know, you look at response times and those type things. So. He keeps us, keep us going. But thank I, you, G. Thank you. We really appreciate you, and thank you for your support. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Coastal Pines. No. Yeah, we did. We did. We did. Yeah, we did. We did. Good conversation. Yeah. I'm here to present and seek approval for an MOA between Coastal Pines Technical College and the Liberty County Board of Commissioners. This is similar to what we did a few months ago with our agreement with Savannah Tech. This would allow EMTs and paramedics students that are enrolled in this program. It would allow them to come to our service, Liberty County EMS, to act as a preceptor clinical site for them to obtain their clinical hours. I'd be happy to answer any we questions. Need them, we need them, we need them. We need them, and, and to <laughs> add, I would also like to add that we currently have one full-time employee and one part-time employee currently enrolled in the Coastal Pines Paramedic Program. They started in January, and they're expected to graduate and complete at the end of the year. And we've been successful with the Savannah Tech as well as we have employees going to obtain their higher level as well through Savannah Tech. And you serve as a training agency. You get to see firsthand the creme de la creme. <laughs> so you get there. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get to hire those people, so it's a good good opportunity. Yes. So. Coastal Ponds, is, is that the one in, in Brunswick? It's in And they, I believe they have Jessup. a site in Jessup, Jessup. Brunswick <laughs> and Waycross, I believe. Yeah, that way. Mm -hmm. uh, so they all try to place students wherever they can get a Right. So they, they, we give them that opportunity to come to us, and we can precept them there, and sometimes we can recruit mm -hmm. while they're, mm -hmm. they're doing their they're clinical rides. Coastal Ponds, is that the old Bacon Primary? Everything can't be at uh -uh. Bacon Primary. No. We don't have one no. in Liberty County. No, it wouldn't be here in Liberty County. We don't have a, a site in Liberty County for Coastal Pines. What is that? Bacon Primary. Horizons, I think. Horizons. Um, is something on the other side? On the South Main side? I'm not sure what that is. I know. I thought my son, he teaches out there, and I thought he said it's Coastal Pines. Yeah. I don't think it's Coastal Pines at, uh, at Bacon this Primary. This is Savannah Tech's territory. This is Savannah Tech yeah. in Liberty County. Or is having a site mm -hmm. students are able to go it's, it's so funny what we're we doing y'all call it bacon yeah. primary and i call it Jordan Jordan bacon, bacon. <laughs> well, elementary you know why <laughs> yeah 
right. Chair, entertain a motion. So right. move, Mr. Chairman. Okay. Okay. For the discussion, all the favor, show of hands, please. All right. Thank you, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Compensation, classification and compensation plan. Yes, sir, this is going to be a virtual for you, so. Oh, they, those folk have been on hold. <laughs> yes, sir. You want to introduce? Mr. Chairman and Board of Commissioners, uh, we have before us uh, Dr. Steve Condry and Associates, uh, Dr. Greg Grease and Ms. Jenny Hanford. Uh, they're going to, they are the consultants that have worked diligently with staff to uh, do the updates to the uh, Liberty County Paying Compensation Plan. And so tonight I'd like to introduce uh, Dr. Condry. Uh, he's the lead researcher and uh, he will introduce uh, Dr. Reese and Ms. Heinford. Uh, thank you, um, Joseph. Thank you, Joseph. It's been a real pleasure to work uh, with you and Laura and Joey and the, all the employees of the county uh, coming up with an updated classification and pay system. Um, I have Jan Hansford, uh, my business partner. Jan, do you want to say a word too? Sure. Um, we have thoroughly enjoyed working with your department heads and elected officials and talking with them about their departments and the employees' jobs in each department. You have a very professional management team there. Absolutely. And uh, Brad, would you like to say something? Yeah, I just want to reiterate what Jan said and say it's a pleasure to, to work with you folks. Um, we're glad to be here with you this evening. Um, does everyone have a copy of uh, the report in front of everyone on the, on the commission? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. And so we have a, a PowerPoint that we're going to uh, go through, take about 10 minutes. Uh, but you can also follow along for some parts of it uh, with the report. So, Greg, would you start the PowerPoint? I believe I am sharing my screen. If somebody will just confirm for me that everybody can see it. That's great. Okay, all right. So I'll just begin by uh, reminding everybody of the uh, objectives for the study. These were the things we were asked to do and wanted to accomplish. Uh, we were to review and upgrade your current classification system and pay plan uh, for all county employees. And we were asked to collect salary survey data so that we could produce a recommended pay plan based on uh, analysis of the jobs, evaluation of the jobs, uh, and the, the wage survey data that we collected. Study steps uh, involving uh, distributing your current job descriptions for review so that uh, any updates to the jobs could be passed along to us. Uh, we then followed that up by interviewing department heads and elected officials, talking to them uh, about all of the jobs that they oversee. And then we conducted that external salary survey to help us get a picture uh, of, the, of the current uh, salary marketplace. <coughs> and the participants uh, in the survey uh, included uh, Bullock County, Camden County, Chatham County, Effingham County, and Glen County, as well as the city of Douglas, Hinesville, Cooler, Richmond Hill, Savannah, and Statesboro. So we felt like we collected a lot of good information uh, for you. Okay, so after the, we have uh, done the internal analysis and collected the information, we came up with a salary scale that's right at the mean of the market. We call it 100% of the market. So if you had 20 organizations out there you were comparing yourself to, uh, 10 would pay more and 10 would pay less. 
since we collected this information in the fall and we're going to implement July 1, 2023, we then took that data and that scale and we increased it by 5%. And that is table 2B in your report on page 7. Is everybody following me there? And so this is what we predict will be 100% of the market um, come July 1. Now let's look at the, set, uh, the salary for a deputy sheriff. That's for 817. What's the entry level rate on that, Jane? $48,483.24. And so if I had a deputy that was making $46,000, they would move up to that minimum uh, salary. If I had one that was making uh, 49000 where would they land, Jane? At 17 step B, which is 49,452.91. So this is a methodology that we use for all employees. Uh, if they're below the minimum, we move them up to the minimum. And if they're between the step, we move them to the next highest step. Now, if you look at table 2A, which is on page six. This is a scale that's 3% higher or 103% of the market uh, as of July uh, 2023. And that same deputy sheriff at a grade 17, what does it, what's the entry level right now, Jan? $49,895.38. And so again, that, that person that was making 46 would move up to 49,000 and some of them were making 50,000. They would move to step B. So the cumulative effect of that is uh, noted in table three, and that's in page nine of your report. And Jan, would you go down the cost for plan A and B? That's the extreme left side, the cost to implement the classification changes. Plan A is $859,981, which is 4.19% of your current payroll. And Plan B is $556,704, which is 2.71% of payroll. Now, I understand in March you're going to implement uh, your merit increases. So these numbers are going to come down. We will recalculate this for you. Uh, come March or early April. So you'll have some numbers and it will not be as expensive as this, but a little bit less. Now, when we implemented those classification changes, uh, we grouped the salaries closer together. You pay compression. I know you, uh, as a commission, is familiar with this. So we want to uh, come up with some recommendations for you to ease this compression. And so the full equity adjustment would move employee who had one to three years of service as of June 30, 2023, would move them one step. Uh, with four to six years of service, they would move two steps. And with seven or more years of service, they would move three steps. And then we also showed you a modified version of this, a little bit less. Uh, one to three years of service, the employee would move out one additional step and four or more years of service. And Jane, you want to go down uh, the right-hand column, uh, the middle column, and talk about the, the cost of this? Sure. Plan A, with the eligibility to move three steps, 
like to say it's been a, a good working relationship and you guys have been very professional. I worked with Dr. Condry uh, when I was in Statesboro, so I'm very familiar with him. Um, if he gave you some numbers, you can pretty much bank on them. They're going to be pretty good solid numbers. Thank you, Joseph. And let's just open it up uh, to the county commission. I will let you know that your cost is not that expensive. Uh, we work all over the country and we've seen some, you know, double-digit increases for some uh, jurisdictions. So you have done a good job uh, with your administration and the commission with trying to keep your salaries current. And very good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> That's good to hear. Y'all, you're, you're doing good. I've actually worked with Liberty County for over 25 years, uh, and it's just amazing how the county's grown professionally. Good stable leadership helps you do that. So I want to hear from staff. So I think uh, just importantly, and I, and I do uh, thanks, Steve, to you and your team because you were also a pleasure to work with, and and uh, I echo what what Joseph said with the reliability of the information. I feel like uh, w we've done good in the past. You guys have taken it to another level. With, with what you've looked at there, and we feel very good with that. So I think, you know, the key takeaway is this, is we want to give you a shot. You know, he mentioned that the merit increases that have already been approved by the board in the budget will take effect in March. Uh, after we do that, obviously, there will be an effect on this chart, on this oops, I'm sorry, implementation chart. And so that is the one that we'll come back after those are gone out in March. We'll disseminate that later for him. Uh, he'll do a reset, and then you'll have a chance to look at that as you're doing your budget for the for the next fiscal year. And depending on what you decide to do, and it's probably something we could even talk. We may may even have the opportunity to talk about it at the planning session, which would be great. And then you could implement whichever you want in your budget, and whatever changes you choose to do would be effective July 1st to the salary scale itself. So, Joe, they won't be correct me. They won't be well. The merit, and this could go together, or would it be only one? No, sir. You do the merit separate. The merit's based on the scale <laughs> you're in right now, because it was it was it was covered last calendar year, so to speak, and you've already budgeted for that. Um, we'll do that to answer your question. No, sir. It'll, it'll, the merit will go out first. Those costs will be captured as an update, which it should, uh, to the comparison of at either 100 percent, 103 percent of of the, of the mean. And then you'll you'll decide what you want to take it to on the next level, uh, as we try to retain employees. So that means they could go up to a, a three zero or three point five if you if you total up all of the increases. Well, well, what'll happen if you remember on your merit? So uh, what you authorize this year is a max of four percent. Okay. So you're either going to get 
a 2% or a 4% based on your scoring and nothing in between. And so the max they could possibly get is 4%. So if, if you make an assumption, which it won't happen, but if you make an assumption that, that everybody gets the most they can get at 4%, your salary levels would come 4% closer then uh, to, to what you see here. Which would be good, and that, which would be real good. Excuse me, Mr. Brown, that will take place in March. Yes, ma'am. Those, those have already been calculated. In fact, they're preparing. Actually, I think the payroll probably will run in February, late February. Okay, and then once the commissioners are approved one of these classifications, then that would take a, affect the... Proposed to take effect when your new budget that takes budget effect. of the following year? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And help me understand, I guess, would we be um, approving the modified? Well, that's something you'll have to decide. That's what we yes, will discuss, but that's what we'll be moving from plan A to plan A modified. Is that correct? Well, well no, ma'am. So, so what you see there, if you notice in the classification changes between plan A and the plan A modified, is there really are no changes. Where the modified really comes in, and the decision you have to make is this, which really you've already said what you want to do and, and it's the right thing is that you got salary competitive salary ranges which is really plan a or plan b mm -hmm. the modified comes in and trying to go ahead and adjust those um, internal compression and equities that we talked about adjusting that partially were already brought on when we moved everybody to the living minimum wage remember we we bumped those up and then we, mm -hmm. we caused a encroachment in that in that zone so to speak so uh you'll do you'll choose you'll choose to be at 100 percent of market rate or over market rate and then you'll choose how much to adjust equity whether you want to go uh, three steps or two steps on your equity adjustment okay and um I w when was the last time we had one of these done it's, it's been a while. 2019. 19 that we had, and then okay. That right. you had to so we get back there. to the market rate as of 2023, 24. Yes, ma'am. Once we plug those other numbers, and, that and, merit. Yes, ma'am, and that's okay. right. And I think a, a good point with Dr. Condry and team here, you have made some adjustments along the way. Remember, right. whatever adjustments you make here will be to the salary scale. So if there's somebody in the position on the scale, of course, they'll feel it. Um, those times that you've adjusted for COLAs, which you've done, mm -hmm. have made an adjustment at that scale also. So as you've moved that scale out in those years, that's how you've been able to not be as far off as oh, you described some others are, yeah. Because right. the whole scale moved when you did right. that. And this is the, the whole scale will move here based on whatever you choose. Billy, what? Would you be able to get your, of course, the department heads will look at their employees in a period of time and determine whatever their development plan is that they're meeting expectations or there needs to be improvement. That gives you enough time to put all this together? I mean, what are you looking at? I mean, it's got to be important that all of that's done so we know how to do it. I mean, 
Yeah, so, so I mean, a good point. The development plan is, is sitting down and doing the evaluations, and those evaluations occurred during the month of January. So they were just complete. They'll have, they'll have that evaluation with goals that be accomplished through 2023. And so this really doesn't affect any of those plans <coughs> because that is what merit is geared around. Totally separate, and I know y'all know that. So, uh, which is the other good thing you've done is to be able to get merit back active again, so that you do have those goals and you do have those incentives <coughs> provided for those employees that excel. Uh, it's, it's you're doing that's, great. That's all. I, yes, sir. I know it, yeah. time limit yeah. there. You need to work. Yes, it's fitting perfect. It's, it's really. These are our greatest assets. Really we need to keep. What? I know it goes all the way to. If the scale runs out on someone, what do we do? What do you do in as? It's a very good question. The scale in runs fact, out. In fact, uh, Jan Hansford smiling on the screen because she got a call about that today because Laura and I yesterday. talked about that. Um, so, so we we have really countywide. You've got now four employees that are um, are top what we call topped out, right? So they're the final step. And, and what we had heard and what we confirmed today, uh, and they may want to comment on this, but what we confirmed today is most systems, what you do then is you take the amount that the employee would have been rewarded in an annual salary or in a total increase, and you pay it actually as a bonus. So because there is no other step for them to go to, right? So you can't really give them merit and increase it. So what will happen in those cases is um, when their ratings come in for the merit, uh, the dollar amount that it would be equivalent to as an annual increase would be given as a one-time bonus to them and would not affect the bottom salary. So that would not also affect their retirement? That will affect their retirement, yes, sir. That's correct. Now, what will happen, obviously, when you take a look at this, <coughs> if they were obviously one of those that were affected, again, as those scales move out, you know, they, they may get some adjustment from that, too. When, if they're in one of those positions that gets adjusted. So, okay. All right. That's Joe. how that works, yes, sir. I understand it a little bit more. Yeah. Joe, I'm looking at on page six, this um, this said proposed salary scale Liberty County personnel project. Is this um, on page six? Is that grade 7A? Is that, that's, <coughs> that's current, That that's not, None of these would be current. These are the proposed new scales. Yeah, the new scale. Right Which, now, I mean, but that that one is less than fifteen dollars an hour. I, I thought we had that thirty thousand four forty nine seventy. Jan, what is the lowest graded position? Grade right. nine. It's a grade. Well, the convenience center custodian yeah. is a grade seven. Seven eight. <coughs> so, so there really wouldn't be anybody that would be brought in below that minimum living wage. And that yeah, what seven a? If you do that time twenty eighty or divided by twenty eighty is fourteen sixty three sixty four. That's um. You see, you see what I'm talking about? That, mm -hmm. that I first see, one. I, now I do see exactly. Yeah, what that, you're that's. Um, and I thought we had. You had. For we full time gonna, employees. Yeah, oh, just, that's just for full yeah. time. No, I think it, they're, they're these are going to apply to. Yeah, these are going to apply to full time employees. You didn't adjust 
living wage for part-time part employees, correct? That, that position is part-time. Yes. So a part-time person would come in less than? Less than that $15, no. that's correct. Okay. I thought 15 was the new baseline. Well, I know you didn't even have us on there on the scale. We didn't even miss the scale. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have, Mr. Chairman. All right, sir. Thank you. So we're going to look at this, Mr. Chairman, at at the, work, at the workshop. I mean, planning we, we can look workshop. for them in the workshop, and by that, that by that time, we will have the recalculation. Should be able to have the recalculation based on when you set your workshop yes. thing in a minute. But uh, you sh we should have time to be able to do that, yes, ma'am. I mean, Mr. Chair, are, are we going to have time to? Like discuss all these things at the workshop fluently. So far, we've got two in one day. We can talk about that later. We'll give it our level okay. best. So. Uh, Steve, thank you and the team. It's a, it's a good team you uh, assembled there, Steve. Steve, uh, when, it, when it, what he didn't tell you is when he first worked for us, he he was at the uh, University of Georgia. You're right, Carl Vinson. And so as he left there, he just decided who he wanted to go, go with him. And, uh, and he, he's, assembled, he's assembled a good team. So thank you so much. I've done a lot of city and county work. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you all. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a good evening. You're saying. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Georgia Carl Regional Radio Network. That. This is what we know as a CGAR network, which uh, basically is the radio network, uh, digital network that extends <laughs> from Chatham to Effingham to Bullock uh, to Bryan to um, uh, Glenn Emanuel, and Emanuel now. Emanuel right. County. Um, I've been the representative on the board since Mr. Wall died several years ago. Um, we've had some issues come up where, where we're asking all the members of the board to be reappointed. And that requires a letter signed by the commission chairman to reappoint me back to the board. So I'm asking for the board to approve that reappointment and so the chairman can sign the letter for me. I'm going to go back. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to do it. <laughs> you want to do it? <laughs> Motion in order. So move. So move. All in favor, show your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Excuse me. Excuse me, left side. Excuse me, left side. I, I, I think that was supposed to be us. Hey, hey that was going to be the easiest one that we had all year, too. Get it in now. Huh? Right. Oh, Late now, man. Announcements. Only, only the thing, Mr. Chairman, is I did, I did print off some calendars, and if you could check so we can try to nail down. Uh, how many every days y'all want to try to do this? So in comparison, at least with Commissioner Jones' schedules, I know we got others. Um, his first availability after that tenth that we were looking at, really staying away from what we talked about last time, Commissioner Frazier, would be the thirty-first. I normally, I know we normally do it on a Friday, so I wanted to check and see if y'all want to try to do that. March 31st. March 31st. March 31st. Yeah. Let me. Here at the airport. Where? Yeah, we, let's, we'll do it out there. Yeah, yeah they're bringing that big jet that day. Kirby coming. <laughs> coming back. <laughs> but I have it done. The other, the other two days that I see after that, 
would be on a like Wednesday, Thursday, unless you go all the way to the 14th. So if we wanted to do a firm day like the 31st and then do a backup day just in case, we'd go ahead and hold it on that day also. What were those dates, sir? Um, so you're, you're looking at the 31st and the, the 5th and the 6th of April. You're not? I'm not. Okay. And then the next opportunity would be the 14th, it looks like. 14th of April? 14th. Yes, sir. <coughs> 14th or the 31st is good for me. What's the 14th on, George? It's on a Friday also. Friday. Can we discuss everything in one day? Well, I don't know. That's the reason. Maybe what you want to do is, is lock in on the 31st and let us also hold the 14th. That's far enough apart that I could... Right. Arrange, make all the arrangements if you decide you need to go when, another day. When is the retreat? What date is this? It's not October. Oh, October. So we, well, October. Okay, so we got time. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. okay. And I think I think if you get any, you know, thirty first is optimum. If we get any later than the fourteenth, if we have to do a second one, I think we'll prioritize some stuff for you. I think like salary classification stuff, anything that could impact the budget that you'll be in the middle of working on, we need to try to get early in the planning session and hammer out if we can, and then. If it's if it affects the budget, go ahead and get it sent over to the budget worksheets. But Joy, I mean, ACCG. I keep hearing um, discuss all this stuff. Mm. Is that already an agenda? Is it already a yes, list sir. Of you know, uh, yes, sir. I think. Did well, you no, send sir, it? No, no, sir. There's not an agenda yet. We, I think it's probably been <coughs> three, uh, maybe a couple of meetings ago. We discussed that anything y'all had, please send it over. Okay. And so what I'm doing, I'm just compiling a list okay. right now. And once we lock in on a date, I'm gonna go ahead and line those out, send those to you, and then you can still send me stuff. Okay. I, I'll get it. I'll get it ahead of the time enough. You. Can I'll get send you. Um, you know what we had talked about the contract stuff. Yeah. Okay. That'd be good. So we want to go with the 31st. Yeah. And then the 14th as a backup for a yeah. second one. Is that okay? We did it. April 27th through some ACCG the 30th. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Uh, other thing I'll let Mr. Mosley give you an update on is that we followed up on the uh, summer food. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's good news is we're under, under the wire there. So I'll let him think he gave you a copy of the proposed schedule. Uh, Joe and I met with David on last week. And uh, we sat down and he shared with us some things that we need to do. Uh, he would attend training for the meeting. <clears throat> I think it's bright for the start uh, in March. Uh, y'all would authorize whether or not y'all want to move forward with the program uh, in March. And then we would send our RFPs to solicit uh, contractors for food prep uh, in April and May. Uh, we would kind of do these simultaneously, four and five, advertise and hire employees, as well as identify, designate, secure food service sites. And then the program would start in early June with a uh, concluding date of late July. That's good. Yeah. Hope you're gonna be I, I sent you a text too. Hope you're gonna be able to find employees. Well, that's so I mean that, that is a, a little bit of a concern, but we'll work through all that. Um, I do think that what we're going to have to do the very first year. Remember, we only get reimbursed for meals actually served. So if we over anticipate usage of a site and it doesn't happen. I mean, number one, the program is not 100% reimbursement, um, but we get back a portion of the money out of those meal costs from the federal government to help offset indirect costs for us. Uh, but so we, we need to really focus, as we did when we wound it up last time, on high volume sites. Right. I mean, that is, I mean, that is the key so that you really don't, you know, take a tremendous hit 
then you're able to really serve the people that, that are out there. So he's going to come back. He'll work with you all. He's going to come back on proposed locations that are high volume. Uh, a lot of those that will tag with ongoing programs at locations where we know they're already going to be there. They're going to be there. That's we right. And we'll, uh, yeah, right. We'll, we'll piggyback, which will be good. And then, I mean, uh, we, we still have the, our, our previous list that, that we used to have. Yes, sir. He has it. Yes, sir. So, It'll be good. Right. A, lo a lot of those locations, I know, were, yep. they were. high volume. Thank you all. It's mm -hmm. so for the good order. Chair, yes, Chair, take a motion to adjourn. So move. Second. Second. I, I would like to recognize Mr. Scott. He's for real. Yeah, but he, his, his mom is in my district, and his sister is in my district, and I want to recognize him. Smart man. He sat, he sat through the whole program. <laughs> 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 Again. <laughs> you can. You can. Thanks, <laughs> 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 <laughs>